All opinions expressed by the program participants are their own and do not reflect those of Blue Line Futures LLC or their affiliates. The content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as trading advice. Futures trading involves a substantial risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Therefore, carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for your financial condition. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Macro Corner presented by Blue Line Futures. I am your host, Paul Wankmuller. Today is June 13th, 2022, and this is episode two. We have two great additions for today's show. First, our guests can download the Macro Corner chart booklet, which showcases data for today's show on bluelinefutures.com. The second great addition is my guest once again, Giannis Mindall. Welcome to the show, Giannis. Hey, Paul. Thanks so much for having me back on for our second episode of Macro Corner. I can't wait to cover today's topics and also share our first Macro Corner short booklet, which we are going to publish on bluelinefutures.com, and all the listeners will be able to access lots of data in there. So really looking forward to any feedback and all the listeners diving into that. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So top three things, top things to watch this week, rather, on bluelinefutures.com. It is published weekly on Sunday evenings. Go check it out. The title of this week's is U.S. Debt Burden and Monetary Policy. I'll start off with a little quote here from Jim Chanos. People who lose money always need someone to blame. So after going through it, the, the first question I have is, you know, let's talk about debt levels to GDP. Uh, what are the numbers and, and what do they mean? Yeah, so as of uh, Q1 of 2022, U.S. debt to GDP stands at 124.7%. So we have a lot more debt than the U.S. has in GDP. Total public debt as a percent of GDP is just a tad under 100%. So why these numbers are extremely relevant is because uh, in order to finance the fiscal household, the Treasury needs to issue bonds and ultimately monetary policy determines the interest outlay on those Treasury securities. Let, let me pause you for one minute. Can you explain public debt to me for audience? Yeah, so uh, public debt just means treasury notes, which are the government bonds of the United States. Those mm -hmm. are th those are the uh, bonds that get issued to, and then buyers come in and buy those bonds. So ultimately, any any sort of bill, note, or bond that gets issued, that's accounted for in public debt. So that can also be foreign investors as well. Exactly. So uh, especially Japan and China, they, those are large buyers of U.S. debt. Uh, but yeah, it can be any buyer. It can be households, banks, foreign buyers, sovereign wealth funds across the spectrum. All right. Thank you very much for that. If we want to talk about the effects of high debt levels and what it ultimately means for monetary policy, with U.S. debt at $24 trillion, we saw that uh, David Einhorn uh, noted that in his own conference presentation, and he pointed to the fact that there will be $7 trillion of U.S. debt that need to be rolled within the next year, and that falls directly in line with potentially more hawkish, more aggressive monetary policy by the Fed. So ultimately why that matters is, on, on, on slide number four, you can see that the Congressional Budget Office is projecting the net interest outlay naturally increasing as, as part of the uh, rising pile of debt that the U.S. Uh, government has accumulated over the years. So if you add on the fact that we are in the midst of a, an interest rate hiking cycle, 
that net, net interest outlay ultimately is expected to increase even from the current uh, projections of the Congressional Budget Office. So any sort of inflationary spiral that requires the Fed to hike rates at a faster pace is going to add on to that interest burden the U.S. is facing. And one really interesting note that the Peterson Foundation noted was that um, ballooning interest costs threaten to crowd out important public investments that can fuel economic growth in the future. So as is the case with any sort of company or entity that has too much debt and incurs a lot of interest outlay on a monthly or yearly basis is ultimately threatened by the fact that interest outlay um, supersedes revenue and that in turn dampens and uh, constrains economic growth. So the Fed is really walking the line here in terms of hiking rates, taking care of the fiscal situation, uh, making sure that they don't give in to all sorts of political pressures. I think that this is a multivariate problem that they're currently facing, and it's ultimately not only going to impact inflation, but also the ways in which fiscal can come in and potentially support those who get hurt amidst the current inflationary dynamics. Okay. So, right, the, the Fed is supposed to be an independent entity, right? They're not a Republican or they're not a Democrat. They're, they're really just trying to look out for, um, you know, what's best for the U.S., and like you said, you know, that that could have uh, some implications if, if they could be swayed one way or the other based on, you know, regardless of, of who's in office, you know, it might, you know they are walking that fine line. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially with midterms coming up in November with approval ratings for the current administration being at extremely low levels, the idea that there could be additional political pressure is not out of the ordinary. So it's going to be extremely interesting how they're going to balance their dual mandate, which is maximum employment and stable prices at 2% average inflation with the fact that there is going to be an election and what are going to be the most pressing issues that the voters want to have addressed. There have been multiple surveys in the past that have pointed to inflation being the number one issue. So if that needs to be addressed, that would mean the Fed has to be incrementally more hawkish. At the same time, uh, can the fiscal side retain its ability to issue bonds and uh, finance its uh, policy initiatives while the Fed is hiking rates? It's an extremely interesting situation we are currently facing, and we ultimately have seen it show up in the consumer numbers. Going back to that, you know, kind of what does it all mean? For the American consumer, does the American consumer really care about how much debt the U.S. is currently holding? And I, I think you said the number is twenty-six trillion. It's currently twenty-four trillion dollars. Twenty-four trillion. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So ultimately, it matters because if we think of the current cycle that we are in on a macro basis, then if the Fed hikes rates, that means more interest outlay. That means a lesser ability. Uh, from the fiscal side to ultimately support those in need amidst the current inflationary right. pressures. We have seen negative real wages, which just means nominal wage increases minus the CPI, the headline CPI number, that's been negative and currently mm -hmm. around negative 3%. So the consumer, especially on the lower income front, is hurting. Where do we see that show up? You can see that on slide number six and slide number seven of the of today's chart booklet. 
we first see it show up in uh, U.S. personal savings as the okay. percentage of disposable income. So what does that mean? How much can the consumer save as part of what they have disposable? So that's gone down consistently and at a rapid pace to right now about 4.4% that it's sitting at. So as consumers spend more money on food, spent more money on energy, spent more money on gas, utilities, etc., that ultimately means they have less savings and a lesser ability to support themselves. So what does that mean? Right. 70% of the U.S. economy, 70% of U.S. GDP is consumer spending. So an impaired ability to spend on other things that are not energy and food means that the economy potentially slows substantially as a result of the current inflationary dynamics. So now the Fed needs to balance the fact that they need to hike rates to reduce that inflationary burden on the consumer versus the fact that there is a huge debt pile that's sitting there and that needs to be rolled forward ultimately. And as, as I mentioned earlier, $7 trillion of U.S. debt that need to be rolled within the next year. So balancing those two factors is extremely difficult. And we also see that show up in Michigan consumer sentiment and current conditions as seen on slide seven. So those are just two indicators that showcase the extent to which the consumer is currently affected by inflation aerodynamics but it's not that easy and um, what the like we talked about last week what the Fed wants to avoid at all costs is seeing similar inflationary dynamics on the services side that we have already witnessed on the durable goods side but it's really a balancing right. act and this will most likely be a back and forth between more hawkish and more dovish policy this I think right now we're standing at 9.5 additional 25 basis point rate hikes on top of what we've already seen. The likelihood of 20 of 75 basis points uh, in the upcoming two meetings, so June and July, we have one coming up on uh, one rate hike decision coming up on Wednesday. Uh, that yeah. likelihood is increasing, but it's just not that easy. It's not that easy to say uh, that the Fed can just hike aggressively and bring down inflation. In fact, the effects of higher rates on inflation, th those effects are not entirely clear. There was a paper put out by Larry Summers and his team on housing and overall the overall composition of CPI. And the direct effects of monetary policy on inflation are not entirely clear. So this is really a difficult problem that they are facing. And it's most likely going to be a back and forth between higher rates, more hawkish rhetoric versus some... Um, um, with a vish tone uh, at different points in time. That sounds great. That sounds great. And I <clears throat> just wanted to mention, when does that Michigan number come out next? And uh, what are you watching? Um, just is it is it coming up next week, next month? Is it once a month? Yeah, of course. So Michigan consumer uh, confidence and conditions come out on a monthly basis. So this will ultimately be a higher frequency indicator in between Fed meetings. And it will give us a good indicator as to what the effects are of more hawkish policy versus continued inflation. And one of the dynamics that we are watching, one, one sort of interesting chart that we have put out this week is also the, the ratio between gold and the Bloomberg Global Act Bond Index. So historically speaking, that uh, gold has closely tracked uh, the, the Bloomberg Bond Index. So in that, there's really been a large divergence as Bonds have sold off substantially, but gold sort of been hanging in there. Not today, of course. Uh, but without 
getting into uh, the specifics here, it's really interesting as to how expectations from the consumer and from investors are shifting as part of potentially negative real yields for a sustained period of time. We don't know that yet, but as, as those expectations shift, we will ultimately monitor price as a reflection of those expectations. So that's, in my opinion, a really interesting and, and noteworthy chart that's also presented on slide number nine of our chart booklet. Slide number nine. All right. I mean, that, that, that was a lot of good stuff there. I think, I think the takeaway from this is that, you know, we are going to have to pay attention. The, the everyday average American consumer should be paying attention to these debt levels because in the end, you know, they're really going to see it affect their lives um, in, in many different aspects. You know, I uh, just wanted to thank you again for coming on Macro Corner, sponsored by Blue Line Futures. It's been excellent. And again, Wednesday, we have Fed Day. Uh, BlueLineFutures.com. You can download the Macro Corner chart booklet, which again showcases the data for today's show. BlueLineFutures.com. Giannis, thank you so much for coming. I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you so much, Paul. Have a good one. Have a good one. All opinions expressed by the program participants are their own and do not reflect those of Blue Line Futures LLC or their affiliates. The content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as trading advice. Futures trading involves a substantial risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Therefore, carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for your financial condition.